You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. From the Pacific to the Rocky Mountains and around the world, you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, Episode 305. We are three real-world, everyday developers who make a living with a PHP programming language, which we use to create legacy code of the future. We live stream every Thursday night around this time, and you can participate in that live stream by joining us in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com, where we and a bunch of our listeners hang out throughout the week and continue this very party. If you are watching us live, hello and thanks. Please keep in mind, although pants are optional, a sense of humor is required. Keep your hands and arms in at all times and enjoy the ride. Pants are not optional. We'd like to thank a few groups for helping us make this stream just a little better. First, our Patreons on Patreon. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash phpugly, where we have support levels starting off as low as a dollar. We also have a couple of sponsors. Honeybadger.io, who's been sponsoring us now for over a year in Cloudways. We'll talk about all of them a little later in the show. For now, allow me to introduce myself. I am your humble host, Eric Van Johnson. And with me tonight, the ointment to help reduce my itching, John Congdon. You are getting much better at this opening thing. And the man who recently learned a retinal exam and a rectal exam are two very different procedures. Tom Rideout. I think I have a broken rib. <laughs> That was a serious rectal exam, then. You might not have been doing that right. Deadly serious. <laughs> so so is that why you've been huffing and puffing and having trouble breathing yeah, and now coughing off to the side? Yes. How did yeah. you break a rib? Rather not get into it. <laughs> why did you say you save it for the show? <laughs> for real. You could have told us before the show. Nope. Wasn't going to do that either. I'm so confused. All right. So are we you, are we moving did, on, or do you want us to no, pull it out yet? Yeah, we're gonna pull it out. Did you fall down walking? Was it an old man thing? No, it was not. It was. Did you stretch too far? Yes. <laughs> while, while, your shoes. while on the floor, <laughs> while someone was standing on my back. Oof. Oh man, it's not great. Okay, I, I've got some. I've got some uh, recognitions I've got to throw out there. First off, I want to thank uh, Bruce and our Discord for uh, making a few suggestions on my intro. I, I do think that. Thank you. If if you're in our Discord, you would have been part of that conversation. Uh, a few people contributed. I was waiting also, to see if you were going to say it. I was like, is he going to bring it up? The whole legacy code thing. <laughs> also, I want to take a moment, and I haven't shared this with either of you, but you two might mm -hmm. already know it. I don't know. You haven't said anything if you did. Take a moment to welcome all of our new listeners, because uh, this past week, uh, Nuno from Laravel tweeted out how he likes listening to the show. And all of a sudden, really? we getting all these YouTube subscribers, all of these followers on Twitter for to our uh, uh, PHP Ugly uh, 
Twitter handle, which I don't know why you'd bother following it. We don't tweet on it. We just let you know when the stream's starting. But uh, yeah, he gave us a mention. Even uh, fucking Steve got in on the thread and, and kind of supported uh, Nuno's um, recommendation. So for those of us who can't to, remember who they've insulted, who is Nuno? Nuno, uh, uh, we were just talking about. Well, he works he, for Laravel. He, he was the he first, the first Laravel employee, right? No, second. Oh. And he, he's the one <laughs> no. who does Laravel's Laravel Zero in uh, in Pest. That's Nuno. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. I met him at Laracon New York uh, one year. Um, really nice. Really nice person. Genuinely a good person. Unlike some of us. Tom, how are you? Oh, boy. So there, there's, there was kind of a dramatic shift uh, this week. I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, the sort of community at large with uh, developers has decided that Chrome is the bad guy and we're all moving to Firefox. That, that's happened <laughs> on and off quite a few times over the past few years. Well, so we're getting close to Manifest V3, which is Google's decision that uh, plugins that parse the HTML, the incoming HTML before it gets to the browser is a bad thing. Um, however, plugins that parse that information before it gets to the browser are the ad block uh, extensions. Uh, obviously, well, not, Google, not just the ad block, not just the ad block extensions, but, but they, obviously Google doesn't want people to be blocking ads because they are an ad company that what they, what they sell is advertisement. Um, so, I'm running Firefox now, which is why I forced you guys to join uh, Zencaster Classic instead of the new Zencaster because the new Zencaster does not support Firefox for some reason. Oh, I find that hard to believe. Mm, yeah, I did too. That was the last thing I expected after really? all of the changes that I made to, for today's podcast. Uh, all of those changes being a complete reformatting of the OBS stream. Uh, you have to watch the live stream to appreciate it because it won't show up on the YouTube recording. We uh, AI yes, is going to remove yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> you also, it's it's hard to appreciate that uh, the Eric has very little experience with color theory, and all of it's the, all the same color. Yeah, that's not good. That's 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 the bad part about it. What is a what? I'm, all all of the all of the frames just bleed into the background. There's no definition around any individual components. You know, whatever. So uh, you're criticizing <laughs> Eric. Good job. I know you put some time and loving into this. So, so did I. His mock-ups were impossible to follow. Uh, wow. they, did, they did mostly include thumbnails of the three of us. And then uh, 80% of the rest of the page was content that was not related to the conversation. But he was, was trying, out. right? Like, oh yeah. He gave, no, he gave, I gave, I gave a golf clap. Uh, and then I've also, uh, just as of 15 minutes ago, installed two new monitors, which are not color calibrated correctly. And, 
barely turned on right before the podcast started. So I've, I've basically changed everything I possibly could about getting the podcast to air. So it's probably not close as close (laughs) is what what uh, you're saying. Yeah. So from, from checking the discord that I think they can hear us, but, uh, no, I've I've mangled everything and then tried to untie it all at once uh, right before we started. Well, you've done a great job with the layout. Can't hear you. Put that out there. I like I like how you have the uh, layers to the layout. That looks good. There are there are multiple yeah, layers. That, that that that's a uh, that that was a decision. Good decision. They do somewhat all mm. bleed into Overlap. each other. Overlap is what you're talking about? Yeah, they do. It looks like they do, but they actually don't. It's just the color issue. It makes them look like they all do. No, you literally had the the, the scene before you had Discord covered up. Again. Okay, so since you asked, Tom, uh, you you are right. We do have uh, listeners in Florida, and uh, I did uh, speak to a couple of them, and they seem safe. Uh, for those that don't know, um, Florida is, well, let's be honest, it's not a hurricane anymore. It's a tropical storm. So they're, they're kind of whining about maybe not that much, but it's a lot of rain in Florida here in the U.S. And I wanted to talk to John about this because we here in California, we, we get a lot of flack about our earthquakes. And honestly, I think one of the bigger secrets is that the earthquakes Just super weird really don't impact you that much like you don't know they're coming and by the time you do they're typically over and you're usually all right and you often and you often don't even feel them right but a hurricane like it barrels down on you and you see it coming like days in advance i wanted to ask you john as somebody a, a former floridian what what's that like have you ever like had to prepare for a big oh, for rain sure. or hurricane so first I did contact all my family. They're all safe. Everything's fine. Like they're on the East coast of Florida. The storm hit the West coast. So by the time it got to them, it was a little bit less, but you know, they still get a lot of wind and rain. Uh, I know lots of people that lost power, but yeah, living in Florida, I've, I've been through lots of it and there's both, there's a good and bad about knowing it's coming. You can prepare for it, which is great. But when you prepare for it, and then the forecast is wrong and it misses you, it like pisses you off. And then the next time one comes barreling down on you, you're like, well, last one didn't hit me. <laughs> like, so, so pros and cons, but I was in Florida when the, the five hurricanes came through. And I remember living in my, I was new to my house or I'd been there for just a little while. I had a huge Oak tree in my backyard and we got so much rain that, it softened the ground enough where I came out the next morning and the oak tree was laying against my house. What? See that it's those type of things. I sit there and think to myself, that oak tree that has been there for like probably a hundred years. And this was the rain that knocked it over. Right. You know, it's so weird, but it was also like, it was far enough away from my house that it could have fallen and just like crashed through the house. And it was right near my living room, so like where I probably was sitting at the time. Mm-hmm. And luckily, it didn't. It just leaned against the house, so we were able to cut it all down. And because it took the city forever to come get it out of our front yard, like <laughs> my entire front yard was, or my the front area in front of the sidewalk was just tr- trashed. Like the grass was all dead. 
long time later, but yeah, it, it's scary when it's happening. Um, but at the same time, it, depending on how strong the winds are, you can also like listen to the, the wind, the rain. It's can be, you know, interesting in that way. That's one thing I do miss a little bit is the rainstorms. Yeah. And any amount of variety. Yeah, no, it's pretty great here. What? Where? What are you talking about? In, in not San Diego where all you get is this, you know, daytime or nighttime. It's like you, I miss it a little bit, but if I had to go back to Florida to have it, it's like every single day. Florida. Every single day in the summer sucks. I'd rather be here, but you know, Nobody's be occasional. Go to Florida, exactly. Yeah, I, especially the springtime rain. I I do miss myself a I, good springtime rain. I love that there's like 89 people in Martha's Vineyard who are like, "Thank God we're not in Florida." <laughs> <laughs> they were never in Florida, you know that, right? I I know. No, let's. We're not not supposed to get into it, but hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess he touched down about? in Florida briefly. What you don't know? That? Have you not? Do you not watch any news I, at all? I John? don't. I don't. I with with my kids in the house, I prefer not to have the news on. So no, I don't I mean, watch the yeah, news. Yeah, that's to be fair, a good, good call. idea. <laughs> yeah, really 100%. good call. My uh, before you get into that, I said I, I talked to my. Not, I, I, we're not getting good. into that. Okay, talk. Tell me later. I did talk to my mom, who's supposed to go on a cruise. And she was worried about, you know, the hurricane coming. I, out of nowhere, got a text from my uh, stepdad today, suffering. And it's a picture of him sitting on a beach with a strawberry daiquiri, it looks like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got out. That's great. <laughs> I said, I wish I could be suffering with you. Here in San Diego, where we don't do daiquiris on the beach. Yeah. So I, I replied to him. I said, this is my suffering. And I sent him a video of my paragliding landing from yesterday. <laughs> uh, I'm Tommy said too. paragliding. You got a drink. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll say some more too then. I saw your videos. You're doing this whole uh being higher than where you took off from thing now. Well, I mean, I'm always trying to do that. I've, I've only done it twice at the normal place I paraglide from. But last week, I started to talk about it, but I got cut off, so I just kind of left it. But yeah, I had an hour and a half flight, which was amazing. I got 1,700 feet above launch and flew for an hour and a half. God, that it was sounds amazing. enormously dangerous to me. What if I fell asleep? As he often does. I, I, Wait, when his life is in jeopardy. <laughs> what, what was the, the worst part about it was it, they want you to land at the, at the main LZ. And I'm like, they're like, if you start to get below launch, just go to the LZ. All right. I'm going. Well, I see well the LZ, of course. La- the landing zone. The landing zone. Have I, you I, never I, played pilot wings? Jesus Christ, Eric. I've got so much height going to the landing zone. I see people way below me. They land short. I got so much height. I'm playing. I'm pulling biggers. Didn't I talk about this last week? If yeah. not, mm-hmm. if I did, I'm sorry. Everyone's waving I, at I, me. No, they we, love I, me. We, 
I, I we landed love short. Re, reliving I, these stories. I John. landed short. You brought it up. I'm done. <laughs> Eric, I want to hear about your. I want to hear about you being on a not podcast yesterday. Streaming with friends. Yeah, Michael not, Dorinda. Not podcast podcasting. So, it was you and Michael Dorinda. So you streamed with all of your friends. Michael Dorinda. <laughs> exactly. All, all, all of, all of one of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, uh, he, he pinged me a couple days ago and asked uh, if I'd be interested in jumping on a call with him and streaming it and talk, talking about value objects. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know a lot about them, but sure. <laughs> I, I just code them. I mean, yeah, it's about as good as any of the other code I write, so I don't see what could go wrong. And uh, yeah, I did that. So it was fun. It, it's It's weird, like how the timing of this because john introduced me to value objects as we were doing event sourcing and and if you've been listening to the show you've been following along immediately value objects was just one of those things that like struck a chord with me like it seemed overkill at first it seemed irritating and annoying but at the same time i'm like no i'm kind of liking this and and i get into that that um overkill mentality you know I, I i do enjoy some some of these patterns that some people may you know shun and say this is too much but uh so i just figured it was that with me and it's like okay you know i like this because this sort of thing is what i like to do but then all of a sudden like everybody's talking about value objects now and i don't want to say it's because we talked about it on this show and our show has that much pull I'm just not going to outright out there lie. <laughs> once we started talking about it, everybody started talking about it. And uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I, we talked for probably an hour. And uh, so he works with uh, DTOs, data, data transfer objects. And we were talking about some of the similarities and differences between a value object and a DTO and, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. It was uh, good. I, I, first thing, Michael Drinda is a great person. He's, I could sit there, and, you know, I could talk to him for hours. Uh, he's very smart. He's very easy to talk to. He's not condescending like some people I record with. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, well, you said you listened to it, John. How'd I do? You did great. Uh, as you guys were talking, the first thing I was like in my head, I'm like, you've got to say it, immutable object. Like you have to bring up immutability. And it Literally, like, 10 seconds later, you said it. And I was like, oh, thank you for saying it, like, bringing that up. <laughs> the The one piece that I kind of disagreed with when it comes to immutability is you said you can't – if you need to make changes, you need to create a new one. But did you, you know – You should, yeah. But did you know you can do it from the immutable object? Yeah. So – What do you What do you mean? So if you're going to make a change to your – your object. If something is going to make a change, that function can create a new version of itself with the proper data and then return that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, but but it's a new version. It's a new it, version it, of it. it, right, it, it right. I, I, I guess I should have been clear on that. Right. I think yeah. that well, was just a little bit lost. There's also the the whole theory and doctrine, which is that the object is immutable, but the engine that creates or manages the object is not 
So you can update the object through the handler, through the object handler, the model handler, whatever it's called. What are you talking about? If it's immutable, you can't make changes to it. It's immutable in the sense that as an object, you treat it as a value object. But if you update the, if you update the record in the domain, the object is updated with it. I would need to see that because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I'm following you, Tom. I mean, I could, I could, I could see. I'm just not following him. But I would, I would be wary of how would it. I guess if something related. So I have one object that has a relation, and I. But even still, I'm, you're not making changes directly to that object, or you're. It's the same object. Yeah. I'm not uh, following the so in doctrine, the entity manager handles the immutable objects. What immutable objects are you talking about? Entities aren't immutable. Well, you could. No. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but recently I've been called out on Twitter for being wrong about Apple <laughs> all the time. And I want to be really clear about this. <laughs> I, I also, I'm sorry. Last week I got called out of being wrong about Apple all the time. This week I got called out a bit about being wrong about Laravel all the time. I am wrong about everything all the time, but I am also the devil's advocate. So you can't win against me. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm winning. Doctrine doesn't play with immutable objects. Doctrine I mean, it does. Doesn't. It does to well, a point. See, but. Now I've turned you into the devil's advocate. So <laughs> this is this is exactly how this works. Is that the the theme song very clearly states, "I'm never wrong," <laughs> but I myself clearly state in the podcast, "I'm exclusively wrong," <laughs> and that comes down to the fact that programming is an art form, and I can't actually be wrong. This is simply my interpretation of the art form. <laughs> so if you're listening I'm, to the I'm show and you're curious, this approach has gotten a me a little bit more about value objects. <laughs> check out the link of me and Michael Drinta talking. I want to say this approach has gotten me upvoted a hundred times, but also downvoted a hundred times. So I am scored actually equal like i am i am both not wrong and not right on reddit i consider that a, i consider that a win <laughs> by that's by one, one way. so speaking <laughs> of winning tom are you part of the php ugly chess club <laughs> no that is entirely me losing no there's a php so a listener created a php ugly chess club on chess.com. And I'm pretty sure he sent all three of us invites. Yep. But if you didn't get an invite, you can, I think you can just go join yourself. Does it count yeah, if I, I got think, an invite and pretended I didn't? Well, I, I think there's also a link in Discord. If I am, I believe mistaken. you're correct, actually. See, you should join our, our Discord server at discord.phpugly.com. Yep. In the games channel, there is a there is a link, an open link to anybody who might be interested in joining the PHP Ugly Chess Club. 
And, uh, yeah, it is pinned in the gaming channel. And would like to check it out. I, I've already played against a, a few listeners, and it's been fun. I really, yeah. I, I really got got to build up the courage to just start moving pieces around and I, learning. I've played against I, John. I, it was I, not fun. <laughs> we need so it needs to be a balanced game. We played what was determined by the AI to Is that be a so balanced. The pieces don't fall off. <laughs> it was determined to be a balanced game, and on my second move, I got a message from John that said, "Ha ha ha." I just won. <laughs> not, did not happen at all. I think also, he, I, it might have been a dream I had. Also, I'm having ho- horrible dreams about losing at chess. <laughs> so I think I played Mike Page Dev on Discord. Well, he started. I, he started the yeah. Chess. Yeah he 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 beat me handily, and then was like, "Yeah, if you want some tips on chess, let me know." <laughs> In other words, you played. That's so- what we should do. <laughs> We should have. Can you do like? Can you do lessons on chess.com? Can we have like a PHP Ugly Club? No, like, there's tutorial all, day. There's already lessons chess. on chess.com. But like, you can't talk to people and ask questions. That's my big thing. It's like I have questions I need answered. That's, they, you can do that. That's a paid service. Well, also, I don't. Just, I don't have the butt plug collection that would require. How let's, have you? Let's just. How have you not heard this? That the chess world is is destroyed the last two weeks by oh, allegations of vibrating butt plugs. Oh, that I've heard. That I have heard. That, so don't give me was, a weird that, face. That was that was one possible theory. <laughs> it was one possible theory that kept getting weirdly more and more possible. Where, like, no one would deny it, and then someone was like, if I literally said it, I would get in trouble. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> advertisers. You, you, you say anyways, you're kind of implying I, you're leading. I thought I else. had a segue. It's just uh, advertisers. Thank you. This video is brought to you by Cloudways. We are all developers and love to write code, but... Managing the servers that that code runs on can be a time-consuming and error-prone process. Cloudways helps you spend less time managing your servers and more time doing what you really want to do, coding. You only need one account to manage servers on multiple platforms and for multiple customers. Pick just the server size and location that makes the most sense for you and your customers. You can even estimate your costs for your server before spinning it up. Cloudways offers peace of mind and flexibility so you can focus on growing your business instead of dealing with server management. With Cloudways, you get an optimized stack, managed servers, backups, a staging environment, integrated Git, pre-configured Composer, 24-7 support, and a choice of five different cloud providers, Amazon Web Services, DigitalOcean, Linode, Google Cloud, and Vulture. Get a discount of 20% for three months using the code PHPARCH. Thank you, Cloudways, and thank you, Scott Keck Warren, for that that lovely commercial and for the second official uh, educational video that has been released to the PHP Architect YouTube channel. Which, if you're not subscribed to, after subscribing to our YouTube channel, you should run over there immediately and subscribe to the PHP Architect YouTube channel as we are releasing more and more videos. Hey, Eric. Hey, John. When are you going to kick your kids out of Discord?
Are they are they being little shits? Yeah. Are are kids making me want to cry? Shits? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) They're being great. Awesome. Hey, John. Yes. How excited are you for PHP Tech? I swear to God, despite that terrible segue, was going to ask the same thing. Early bird pricing is up. Early bird pricing. I am ready. Explain to the world, John, what early bird. It's not early. It's not. It's not early bird. Well, it's called early bird on the website. You might want to blind blind early bird. Early bird. Blind blind early early bird. bird. Thank you. So explain, explain what blind early bird is. Blind John. early bird is the lowest prices you're going to get because you don't know who the speaker is going to be. You don't know what the content's going to be. You don't know what presentations will be available. So it's basically the lowest pricing we're going to offer at this point. We have our call for speakers going right now through the end of November. We decided to do an extended call for speakers just to give, especially newer speakers, the ability to submit. So if you are interested in talking at a conference, please submit your proposals, your abstracts now. And then I, we're going to do it for a little bit. We have some seasoned speakers that are going to review the abstracts. We'll leave comments and we will send those comments to you to give you the, the opportunity to make changes to your abstract. To have- that's an important, important part that John just brought up. You don't have to have your complete talk done. You just have to have an idea of an abstract that you want to write a presentation on and submit that. And because we do have this extended window where we're accepting uh, papers, you have questions. Now is the time to reach out to us and we can help walk you through it and kind of, you know, let you know what we're look, looking for and how to do things. It's actually pretty simple. If you go to the website, you, you, you click on, uh, what is it? Submit paper or something or, and there, there's a form there that will walk you through, uh, how to submit the abstract. But if you just have some more general questions, you have, you have time to reach out to us. This is not, Something where you, I don't want to hear people saying, oh, I was going, going to submit a talk, but I ran out of time because you literally have months right now. Exactly. I feel called he... out, <laughs> but okay. And you're, so, and you're supposed to. So anyway, uh, blind early bird pricing, lowest pricing we're going to have. Oh, oh, you... even better. I can do, I can do one better than this. I'm not called out. Jason and Ryan, you know who you are. You're being called out. Dun, dun, dun. Well, they're not being called out if nobody else knows who they no, are. No, it's the, okay. the only two people I know who listen to this podcast. So you're being called out. <laughs> so the rooms are available now. You can you can book your room at the Sheraton. You can Start buying your tickets now. If you know you're going to go, buy it now while the price is low as could be. After the call for speakers is done in November, we're going to take a little time to sift through them and put a schedule together. Once we do that, prices will be going up. Do we know yeah. like, what percentage another, of the discount this is? Like, is this, is this half yes, off? Yes, we do. Thank, thanks for asking, Tom. Uh, one other thing, one other aspect of this you might want to think about is for for people who work at companies, you have a couple months to 
get this on your 2022 books. Or if you need to wait until 2023, you have time then too. So what I'm saying is if you don't think you're going to get approval for the, for the money to go to the conference in 2023 and your, your department has a little extra budget in 2022, maybe this is your opportunity to say, Hey, I can get these tickets at a very low price. Exactly. Okay. But what if they just want to hang out and chat with us or give us money for absolutely no reason? Where would they go to do that? They should go to the Sheraton in Chicago yeah, in May. That's in, no. In May. No? Okay, John. Where am I going with this? I think you're going to Patreon, but we're nowhere near that yet. <laughs> Sober September's going great. <laughs> it's going really well. <laughs> really good. Really super, super good. Hey, September's did, over in two days. Did, speaking of you in two days. You know that. Speaking yeah. of in two days, Hacktoberfest is starting in two days. Man, how many years have we talked about Hacktoberfest? And how many years and have I said, in the this slightest. time I'm going to yeah. do something? No, I'm, this time I am, because they have virtual badges. And if you're not interested in coding, there's an entire section you can sign up for that just says, hey, you know what? I don't do coding. I do translation. I do documentation. Coding's not necessarily my thing. So in, do you do any of those things, Tom? I, I barely work at all. <clears throat> I barely speak English. He, he said good thing. Hacktober. You can sign up and just say, hey, I'm not interested in coding. I just want to cover documentation. I want to cover, you know, linguistic stuff. That's fine. It's a whole category for Hacktoberfest this year. Uh, I'm signed up. I hope to see everyone in our Discord signed up for it. I'm really excited for this year's. I I couldn't tell you why. Okay. I like I like I like I like your talk. I like working on a much lower stress job than my previous one where I can actually do stuff that matters and is cool. So do you have a, like almost like a Google 20% time or what's the deal there? No idea what that means. Do you have like, you can work on Fridays on open source stuff and Monday through Thursday is like you work on our code or. Uh, We, we have a, system for like work on the thing you want to work on. Uh, I haven't been with the company for that long. I, I don't know what that schedule is. I know that it's on Fridays. I just don't know which Fridays. Um, but yeah, we definitely have like, Hey, do a, do a thing for, do a good thing for the community. Uh, we do a lot of open source endorsement. Um, the, uh, the National Walk for Mental Health. Boy, I wish I had that pulled up. We do a lot of public uh, public good stuff. So I will be good job. I will be I will be taking time out of my official work day to work on open source projects and uh, bringing back to the community. So we have well, we've always had a company blog, but I have a. I have a more powerful company blog now. I was thinking about this today, John. John took some time with me today or yesterday. 
I think it was today. Yeah, I mean, the days blur together. Uh, it helped me. I, I've been talking about how I've been using Lando as my Docker environment for a while. That was this morning. And Le- for, for the Lambda, part, Lambda? Lando. 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 Like Calrissian. Uh, exactly. Um, for the most part, it works well. It gets a little kind of you know weird when you when you do specific things like xdebug or if you want to add a container but i've managed to work through most of them with the exception of xdebug i tried for weeks to get xdebug working in not that it makes a difference but i was also using php storm so i'm not still not super familiar with php storm um but yeah just uh there, there was some, there was some documentation to get Lando working with PHP Storm, Lando XDebug and PHP Storm working together, and I've, I tried following it several times. I tried f- figuring things out on my own and spinning my wheels. And it wasn't like this. Uh, it wasn't this. If I don't get this working, I can't continue continue to work on my code. I would, I would try it for a while. It wouldn't work. I'd go back to. Uh, DD commands, so which we'll talk about more later as well. But I'd, I'd go back to with uh, DD commands and just you know doing the old school uh, uh, way of you know using doing debugging. And then John jumped on today, and I think to my credit, it wasn't super simple to get working. Well, it was not, but we did get it working. Uh, so the one <clears> thing <throat> I want to do is I want to start. I want to reevaluate what we did because I think we might have overdone a couple things uh, that you know, may, may not have been necessary and see where, you know, what actually needs to be done to get it working. And then I'm probably going to post that to the PHP Architect blog um, if you're interested. Uh, yeah. So Lando and XDebug with PHP Storm. I'm going to get a post on the PHP Architect. And the PHP Architect blog is another thing. We talked about the YouTube channel earlier. The PHP Architect blog is something I'm trying to get a little bit more momentum to. I think John and I talked about it. And starting next month, we're going to uh, start posting our magazine's editorial to our blog. So if you don't subscribe to the magazine, I don't know why you wouldn't. (laughs) <laughs> kind of a crazy thought, but if you don't, you'll be still be able to read the editorial and get a, a more comprehensive understanding of all the wonderful knowledge that you're missing out on. And uh, yeah, I, I just I see that as being beneficial to everybody. I concur. Should I, should I just continue talking? I can continue talking, Tom. So the the Lando uh, documentation was was lacking in a couple of areas. So I'm interested to see what you're thinking we overdid things on. Well, we went, we went down a couple of paths. I, I'm wondering, the one thing I think we overdid is we created, uh, we created another uh, PHP INI file. Which we had to pull in. Well, we had to, to tell your Docker container what the remote host IP address was. So yeah, prior to that, because I had you, I had you pull up a PHP info page, mm-hmm. and re- <clears throat> that remote host was not set at all. So it defaults to localhost. 
So we needed that. But lo- to... localhost was actually correct, wasn't no, it? Nope. Was not at all. It it ended up being that um Lando host IP address or whatever that variable was. So your Docker container didn't know how to get back to your host without that PHP INI file. So, so that Docker, um, okay, so maybe that was something I still didn't understand. That Docker uh, IP address that we we now had, I thought that was the the public IP address for that Docker container that mm-hmm. that was running on. You're saying that was my IP address? That's your Linux IP address. <clears throat> so Docker being the container needs to know how do I get back out of the container to talk to the client or to talk to your operating system. Uh, so we set your, yeah, so that definitely was needed. Then the biggest thing that was missing from the documentation, actually that whole adding the that whole piece I, was missing. That was missing. But from the other source we went to, to get that INI file, it was missing setting the mode to debug. Oh no, we set the environment. No. variable. The environmental, yeah. See, that's what I was wondering because all that xdebug stuff that that we were using was baked into Lando, or well, baked into the images that I was pulling in for Lando. So I, I was, I, I'm thinking that maybe it's even worth going figuring out how all that gets pulled in, going to the Lando project and updating it there because I can't. I can't think of a scenario where our config, because we're not doing anything crazy with Lando. I can't think of any scenario where what we went, did to implement it doesn't apply to everybody. Like nobody could have gotten it working out of the box because I'm not doing anything weird to the Lando configurations. I mean, my whole, most of it is just a recipe that I'm pulling in from uh, for Laravel. Right. But the only way that Docker or the way Lando is enabling xdebug, it's not a Lando xdebug thing. It's just a Docker extension enable xdebug. So it's just a generic xdebug configuration coming in at that point. Well, but I'm I'm talking about that that IP address that that we figured right. out. Right. That, that's that that's, means... that's part of the INI file that doesn't exist. So by default, it uses localhost. It's worth a shot. I mean, I'm willing to jump on and, you know, backtrack what we've done to see if it if it works without the INI file and works with mm-hmm. just the in, uh, the environment variable for xdebug mode. But based on your theory, then you wouldn't need that environment variable either. It should just be there. Right. Either way, the documentation that's on the Lando site seems wrong. That seems like it can be, at very very minimum, that can be corrected. We will post whatever the end solution is for me. We'll post to the PHP Architect website, and I'll see if I can figure out either, A, how to update the Lando documentation, or more appealing to me, be able to figure out how to update the Lando project for the Laravel recipe. If there's a way we can update that to get Xdebug just working out of the box with little configuration. So I have I have high ambitions. And hey, wouldn't you know? 
it's almost October and Lando is an open source project. There you go. Maybe that's and we it. have a lot of we have a lot of suggestions in Discord from a See, lot of people with, who are way smarter than us. Well, I was with Kalen on this one. So Ulrich brought up saying you should be able to use host.docker.internal as the Thought he was IP fired. address. And then Kalen said exactly what I thought. I didn't think that worked on Linux. I thought that was a Mac OS thing. No, but, actually, I think that does work on Linux. Interesting. Well, you know, it works on every system. What's that? When you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center. And this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built HoneyBadger. It's easy to install HoneyBadger in your back-end applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's HoneyBadger, where the monitoring tool for web developers would rather be, well, developing. Thanks, Thank Honey you. Badger. Thank you, HoneyBadger. Honey so we're, we're talking about xdebug and i had to use it heavily today and i was so frustrated i literally wanted to throw my everything off my desk uh i have customer service just hammering me with different issues and it was weird because they were issues almost like known issues where if somebody brings bad data into their system things break right it's like the phone numbers you supplied me are bad. You, they just won't work. And the customer service is like, well, these kind of worked yesterday. I know they're bad. I know it's bad data, but people were able to, to do their job yesterday and now they can't. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, no, you're, you're oversimplifying it. Cause I know this issue has ex- existed in the past, right? It's, it's a known issue, but it's not widespread. It needs to be fixed, whatever. But I'm telling you, I had so many different people complaining today that I finally, like, all right, I'm going to look into this. And I break out XDebug and I'm trying to figure out what's happening. And I do find that it is bad data. I've seen people with that are trying to bring in phone numbers that were, they were a CSV in their system. So they brought that in as a single field. So they tried putting two phone numbers in a single phone number field. I saw 1.97 E10 in there. (laughs) So they obviously had a bad export out of Excel and they tried importing it. So now their phone number is 197. (laughs) It's like, I'm like, what do you want me to do? This is bad data. And they're like, well, they didn't stop them before. 
so it turns out I had code go live yesterday that was a lot kind of working around some issues where there was some bad data and some good data on a contact, but I want to make it where you can call these contacts, right? Makes sense. And in all the, you doing with your bad data, just ditching it or like trying to acclimate ditching it. So it's like, okay, you have this bad number. I'm going to, but you also have a second number on the contact. That's good. So you have a bad number and a good number. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you the contact anyway, and let you call the good number, which in my, in my test data, I, I don't know how I had it set up, but it worked fine, (laughs) but it just exacerbated the problem. All of a sudden today is like, okay, we are, now you can't, we are professionals. We we are professionals that we are not allowed to say, we are not allowed to say under any circumstances, it works on my machine. You can when 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 things change. <laughs> people do things in a weird way. That's all I can say. Oh, people so anyway, are terrible. I, I, I trace it are down. The source of all of our problems. Of course, I I track it down. And I'm like, oh, let me just. I can either roll back what I did yesterday, which I don't want to do, or I can fix it so that all these other issues go away. And of course, that's what I did. And merged it and basically just meanwhile i didn't realize it had anything to do with my code that went live yesterday right so i'm telling customer service i'm like what do you want me to say this is bad data they gave us bad data what do you want me to do like i'm I'm pushing back on them like (laughs) like this is stupid make them either they wait for us to fix it or they get rid of the bad data i was so frustrated with everything and it was your fault the whole time? Of course. Isn't it always my fault? Well, this is this is how you end up shipping somebody a 40-pound bowling ball. That's, it, it was, yes, it was my fault. And I was fixing one thing and broke another. Even though I have testing around it, obviously, that, that tested. That's one of the problems with the unit tests. I fixed one piece of code, but other code relied on the data it got back from that. And I didn't change that code to realize, oh, I might get back some bad data as well as good data. If only we were using value objects. And actually, it was a value object that caused the 500 to happen in the browser to begin with. What? Because what was happening was I got, when I go to get data out of the database, in the past, if there was a bad number, it just said, screw you, you can't use this and skip that contact. I I then changed it like, oh, there's a bad number, but there's also a good number. Let, Let it continue on to the next step. And we should try to call the bad number. It'll fail. But then they can try a good number. Well, in the meantime, we also put validation on the number there with a value object. Now right. we're now we're passing bad data back to that uh, second step, which caused it to throw an exception that wasn't caught because it was just added and not paid attention to. Right. So I was like, oh, <laughs> 
You're, yeah, you're, that's the other some... aspect of value objects, right? You need you you really need to kind of think things through a little bit, and you know how you're going to handle like when validations fail. That's that's one of the things I need to go back through and do a little better job at handling um, failed validations through not only value objects, but there, there's a few spots in my code I need to go back and refactor, which actually segues into my next little piece, refactoring, man. I tell you, I spent a good uh, couple, like a uh, couple hours this week, just refactoring. And I back to my repository pattern. We we talked about it last week. I, I kind of got back on my repository pattern kick because of something that was said at, at Laracon online. And I I don't know why. I just don't always do this, but I did what I did a refactor this week and. It, it it was it was a lot of code, a lot of code, and I, I felt like I was getting in the weeds. I love refactoring because I know I have like a working application. So if I move stuff around and try different patterns, and the application isn't working anymore, I know it's not the code necessarily, you, right? But do you have tests to know that your refactoring is working, or are you just like I try the application and it breaks? Yeah, you know I have tests. You helped me write the test, John. But I need more tests, actually, as well. Uh, so I, I I felt like I was like really getting into the weeds, and I'm like I'm like moving stuff around, and I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm like, okay, is this right? Is this right? And and again, it's this whole repository pattern. So where I had these huge blocks of code with a, a bunch of database queries, um, essentially. I, I was moving to a repository and then, you know, in the ev- main, ev- you know, this is a, a, an event sourcing um, application. Well, this piece actually isn't event sourcing. This is just uh, part of the projections to uh, other tables, but these big chunks of code. And when I, when I got back and when I finished, I'm like, wow, like, this looks very wrong. Like I can't believe how much code I just took out of this controller. It was like 50 lines. Now it's literally one line. And like I hit it and it worked. And like my reaction is like, Oh crap. Why did that work? Wait a minute. What's wrong? (laughs) But I, man, I do enjoy, I, I enjoy refactoring. I, I stand behind my um, repository pattern as being like something everybody should be doing who has any significant amount of database queries. I mean, even if you're using a, a framework like Laravel and you think, oh, it's fine, I'm just using models, but you just you end up using those models in the same place. Repository patterns and value objects. Those are my two big things that I feel like are going to be in every project I do moving forward yeah the the repository is really just your database access layer right yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's, instead exactly of going instead is. of going straight through the the models well right right so i mean the repository still goes through the model right cor- correct me if i'm wrong eloquent is active mm-hmm. record right mm-hmm. that's correct is eloquent smart enough to know when you pull the same record twice out of the database I don't believe so. Uh, I mean, you can cache that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, maybe. I see. I, I'm I'm interested in knowing if you would end up in the same place that I did with 
the legacy code base I work on, right? We have mm-hmm. we have the old active record objects, which I think are kind of like eloquent. And they're just so spread throughout the application, like crazy spread, where you could pull a record out of the database in one piece of code, pull mm-hmm. the pull that same record out of the database in another piece of code. Mm-hmm. Try updating one, and you're like, okay, I'm going to save this change. And then over on the second one, you go to save a different change. Now you lost the first one because it's active record. Well, why why would you lose the first one because it's active record though? Oh, you're you're saying so, so you're you're saying you're saying you make the change, but you you don't commit. You you don't actually do the update. No, to, no, to no, the you database. do you do the update. So. Let's just a super simple example. You have an ID, mm-hmm. name, and phone number. Mm-hmm. So you pull the same record out. ID one, name John, phone number one. Mm-hmm. The first record, the first object, I change the name to Eric. I update. Mm-hmm. Now the database says one Eric one. You know, phone number one. Oh, I the, see. The second, the second one, I change the phone number to two. Now it's one John two two because so, so the second one does yeah, Elo- I'm not sure what, does eloquent only that. update the fields that have changed or does it say here's the state of my my record I'm going to persist the entire record right so that that depends on how you do it so you, you can do mass assignment which is basically you're passing an array of everything you want to update which it sounds like in your scenario, if the two objects were different objects and you have John in one that you changed to Eric, but you still have another object with John in it and you did but mass assignments. It's not it mass assignment. Like it's not mass assignment. Don't your active record. So you change your properties, right? You're like record. So this, this is names. one of, let, let me finish. Let me finish talking. Okay. So, you, so, so the other, the other approach is you know you you have your record right? You can tell it, hey, I just want to update the name now, and it will update the name. And then later on, you can say, okay, I want to update the phone number. It'll update the phone number. In that case, it would not it would not roll back if it's still the same object. No, and, and that holds true. true, true hmm? I'm I'm saying it's two different objects. Well, well, even if it's two different objects, if on the second object, all you're doing is saying, hey, record uh, ID one, I want to update the phone number, it it will totally discard the name, right? It doesn't it doesn't care, even though the even though the name is set to the old name. So it's only making it's only updating the data that is changed within itself, not saving the entire active record. It's only updating if you're not using mass assignment, which even if you're using mass assignment, you're you're passing it what data you want it to change. So that's that's a different different thing. Yeah. If you but if you're not not using mass assignment, it's only changing the things you tell it to change. You tell it, hey, record, you know, arrow phone number equals whatever the new two, and it's updating that. So, well, you have to tell it. To, you have to tell it to update. Yeah, right. So I mean, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. The the library I use, it's get the record out of the database. Record arrow name equals John, whatever. 
record arrow update. But that update takes the entire state of the current record. Unless you do something else, which if we did within the entire database, say, hey, I'm going to update. It would only update the records that have changed. But because of the application is so old, that wasn't taken into consideration. It's just like, hey, change the name, update. It takes the entire state and updates all the records or all the fields in that record. So this is a big part of the education behind Laravel is that Laravel is active record, which means that you can clone an object, change the original object, and the clone will be different. Uh, But the dependency injection model of Laravel and the way that they teach you to pass objects from one to the next to the next is a very important element of how this all works. So yeah, active record has its significant flaws. Uh, but one of them is people don't understand active record or like, don't understand if you call this again, it's going to be the same results, but with a different record and the education element or the documentation element of Laravel is really, really key to understanding this. There's also within a model, there's a reload method, a dirty method, uh, and there are checks within request objects to say, is the thing I'm looking at the thing I expect to be looking at? So there's a lot of magic that tries to cover up that it's an active record system. And you can absolutely fuck that up. But all of the instruction along the whole path of how you use Laravel is basically saying, this is active record. Make sure to pass the record, not reinstantiate it. Yeah, you're, you're saying that. But when you're going through a whole series of um, – when you follow a stack trace that may be 10, 15 layers deep and on stack – on level three, you pull a record out of the database and you make a change and then you keep going down into the stack trace and you're now 10 and you pull that same record out of the database, you have two different ones. Absolutely. So it sounds like Eloquent has it solved in knowing the dirty state and only updating the fields that have changed. So as long as you don't change the same field, you're safe. Eloquent has My, a dirty state that it passes around as if it were not active record. It tries to cover those bases, but it will not, it will not be able to cover all those bases because it is active record at its core. So if you follow the documentation, you're always passing a record to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Right. I I mean, you can, you can fuck up doctrine too with it. Like with an entity manager, you can totally fuck that up. Not as easily. It's not as easily. No, not as easily. Because when you, when you ask for record five, it will give you the same exact object that it gave some other part of your code. So both of you are acting on the same exact object. Well, I mean, so this is the thing is that active record is here. Low hand. Uh, entity manager is here. 
and Eloquent tries to be in the middle. Right. Where Eloquent tries to say, you've dirtied this object, but they make no guarantees because it is technically active record. Now, like, that's one of those things that people will endlessly fight about is, is Eloquent's not true active record or Eloquent's not true anything. No, it's Eloquent. It tries to cover all the bases that either makes for a stronger or weaker framework. I, I'm not the one to tell anyone. I am. But it does a great job. And if you follow the documentation, it's not an issue. Now, when you start introducing libraries... It's not, it's, you say it's not an issue, but it is an issue if you're you're saying you have to follow the documentation. You have to pass an object that's, all the way through. Fundamentally, that's the difference between active record and not active record. Entity manager or what's it called? Yeah. That's I mean, no, I, get, I get what you're saying. Difference. Ideally, I would, I would be passing the, the object that I'm going to use again. Again, we're going back. 10, 15 years where the code was originally written. And it's like you, you write something over here and you're like, Oh, I just need this record of the database. I get it. I make my changes. I update. I'm done. Years later, you write over here. Oh, I need to get the record of the database, update it. And I'm right. done. And at some point you connect this piece of code to that piece of code through some layer of other objects without realizing it. Each, each, it solution, cause an issue. each solution solves a different problem. Yeah. Uh, active record is considered faster with a lower memory overhead. Entity managers are considered slower with a higher memory overhead, especially when you start getting into complex relationships. Uh, but Eloquent is a nice in between. Gotcha. Uh, Eloquent can signal that a relationship has changed to a an active record that has already loaded a relationship. Yeah, that's, I did that. I did I did that manually and it's only used in like one or two places in the code because I look at it now I'm like what the hell was I trying to do here? Like I know <laughs> right. what I was trying to do, but it's just in eloquent you uh, kind it was of a don't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, and mine, it's made know. it's made very clear that you're eager loading or not eager loading a relationship. Yeah, you know what I am eager about though. What are you eager about? Our patrons on Patreon. Patreons on Patreons, or vice versa. Flip, flip it and reverse it. Yeah. Our fish. I almost got it. <laughs> Our fish. The last of the fish. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to start off with Halloween right off the bat or if I'm going to lead into Halloween. I, I don't know if I'm going to do two uh, Patreon things next month, but I might have to. Well, I just I just noticed that the, the start of the loop. Can't you just start Christmas like now? The start like, of the loop has right? a fish Tar- Target is. Costco is, right? Do you see that? The, exactly. <laughs> do you see that? Do you see the fish pooping at where, like, right where the loop starts? There's a fish poop. This is why yeah. you want to tune into the live stream. You t- so you can see fish poop. Uh, since we have the Patreon so- page open, and thank you again for all of our supporters, we do greatly appreciate it. I shared with our PHP Architect employees today 
uh, some PHP Architect desktop backgrounds. If Discord, if you're interested, let me know, and I will throw them. Oh boy, in that that the number three Discord. background is great. Really? Are you? I no. Nope. Number one and number two, I don't care about. Number three, I loved. Thank you, man. I forgot. I forgot you're even in our Slack. <laughs> I just forget. Thank you're you too. Like, All right. I forgot so you were even I'll, there. I'm a, I'll, uh, you know what? Screw you guys. You guys don't get an option. I'm just going to put this in our Discord. If you guys want to use them, you can use them. I, I actually like number one. Number one has grown on me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people like number three. Number three seems to be be the front. I mean, we'll call it most people for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now I got to find them again. I think I know where they're at. Actually, yeah, they're right there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Why did you like three so much more than one? I mean, I like them both. My my explanation. It's not that interesting, but honestly, I've been watching Gravity Falls like a lot lately, and it just reminded me so much of Gravity Falls. I don't know what that is. I, so I know. I wouldn't know. I know. And your your children in Slack will lose their minds. But isn't Gravity Falls like? Doesn't it have some sort of connection to Rick and Morty? Like, the, yes, their friends or something. Like that. The 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 creators. They're frequent coworkers. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Discord. Another reason why you want to join our Discord channel at uh, discord.phpugly.com. You get uh, free swag now, apparently. Anyway, what do you guys think about the uh, the swag I proposed? I love it. Although I, I have to admit, I put PHP Architect branding on it. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's my world now. PHP Architect for life. But I, I do I do love the idea, but it's not cheap either. So what do you mean? Know. It's super cheap. It's, it's cheap. super cheap. What are you talking about? Like giving that out to Patreon supporters? I don't know. Why giving them out to people that? at the at the conference, giving them out to Patreon support. I like how you're spending all my all the money we have. A hundred dollars. <laughs> fine. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I'll. I'll talk about no. It. I'll make my own. That's fine. That's no. We can. We that's fine. About it. We can talk about that's, it. No. Don't worry no, about no, it. You make, Don't be upset. You make the PHP Don't architect ones. I'll make the PHP ugly ones. Don't. We'll see who's more popular. PHP tech. You guys are gonna be oh, super I busy. Al- you I guys are gonna be like super busy. Challenge. I'm gonna make it. I my almost purpose. like that challenged. Because we can give ours away in all the swag bags and just say, hey, more people have ours yeah. than yours. And mine will say one free drink on PHP Architect. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody knows what we're talking about. So only us, only only the three of us are understanding this conversation. The, right no, now. it's the three of us and, and obviously uh, Frank, who for some reason is like the unspoken cheerleader. <laughs> It's it's really nice to have just a channel where it's the three of us and then one cheerleader. <laughs> and then Kalen who gets fired every week. I was just, I say I think everybody's in that channel. I just only a couple of people speak up, which I can't, I can't blame them for. I All right. We're 
we're running along. I have a, a, a family. I have family members in town, and everybody's outside waiting for me to wrap up this uh, show so I can go join them. And those of you in Discord know exactly what I'm talking about because they posted a picture earlier. But I don't want to sound like an ass and talk about it. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out there. So we need to wrap it up. Sounds good. good. Do it. I mean, it sound. It sounds good. I had an hour and a half of discussion about AI ready for tonight. Cool. Because I saw three blank title cards. However, because this is PHP Ugly, we do have to cover this week's Laravel release. And I know I'm not alone in this. Oh, I, I was Eric was back Eric, Eric was interested in it. There's yeah, some interesting stuff in this week's Laravel release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even mentioned one of them. I know. It, it, I know. it actually, it actually came up today while we were trying to get X debug working. It. Yeah. So I'll look. It's the first on the so list. The I'll first on the I'll list is Nuno, friend of the show. What it was? It has been confirmed. Has now. been confirmed. We're no longer subject to libel lawsuits. Uh, has added a feature to the DD method that gives you the line and file that the DD was called in. Very cool functionality. Kind of mind-boggling that it hasn't happened already. I would love mm-hmm. to see this updated with the route that was called. Simple update because the route the route object How exists. would it know the route? How would it know the route? Oh, I guess the, it no, know the, the, it know the route. Yeah, route, current route, name. Yeah, is a method yeah, that exactly. exists. So I would love to see the route added to this, but cool update. Amazed it hasn't been thought of before. DD is one of those I things. I do not know the route if that's what you're hitting in the browser. You do. It's very easy. Uh, <laughs> the thing that got me was the encryption and decryption of the .env file. So this is one that Ooh. I'm surprised... Ooh. hasn't been created. This before. is one that I am scared of. Why would you be scared of this? Because it has only recently come to my attention that even the ENV, ENV file is not safe space, that ENV stuff should be pulled from environment variables in your server's configuration. See, I don't know. I, I know that argument. Right. And I so don't do I. So I do I. That's it. exactly what I'm saying. Is I don't. I don't know that this encourages. This absolutely encourages people to commit encrypted, like environment data, to their GitHub's. And if you forget to call the encrypt or de- if you forget to call the encrypt method. You just it's accidentally not, commit your encrypt, your unencrypted ENV to the. I don't like that. It shouldn't be encouraging you to put it in GitHub, even if it's encrypted. I want to put it in there. Yeah. So the quote, should, I mean, the it, quote it, here it, it from Laravel News that. is: one benefit is that you can commit encrypted files to version control, thus versioning your development setup, staging, etc. This is a bad. Thing to teach people to do. 
Yeah, I don't because know if you fuck it up me. once, then it's out there forever. So, so um, .env should be in your development environment, and then your environment variables should be in your production environment. .env. Really? You really feel that way? If I were doing it properly, yes. But I don't do it properly. I use .env files in production. .env should be handled completely separately from version control. It should be in your your .include or your so, .exclude git file. Do you do, what do you do if you have multiple sites on a server? Yeah, you, you have to that, create env. That, that's a good question. I don't know. No, and, and that's the thing is th- this exists because there isn't a good answer. Like there, yeah. Everyone is trying right now to find a solution to secret keys that are used in production, staging, and development. And right now, no one has a good answer. And to me, this is another bad ex- another bad answer. I don't not- like this. I I hear your argument of you if you have to run a command prior to pushing and you forget you can truly your once it's out there it's out there you then have to go change all of your keys that's a pain in the ass yeah but to answer your question eric i don't have a good answer for multiple sites on a single server mm-hmm. without having to know what sites are there and make sure all your environment variables are completely different but when you're all running Laravel, Laravel expects specific environment variables, so you can't necessarily do that. With that said, a lot of people are moving towards Dockerized servers anyway, so it is one process per container. You're you've got one site in there. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. That, but, that is that's a good point. But but but, but this don't you have good. To, don't you have to just define those server variables in your Docker compose file, so then it's still exposed. No, 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 it's still it, sitting on the server. No, when you do it, like if you're using uh, Laravel Forge or whatever, it's defined at the Forge level. So when it spins up a server or container, I don't know how Laravel would do it, but when you spin those up, it's spun up with those. Well, that those are that's server level. That's right. The, when it, for, Forge is. This is, in my opinion, whatever is spinning those up. In my opinion, this is an operations issue being pushed on to developers to say, hey, no, developers manage that. This is a bad solution to an unsolved problem. Going back to what Eric was saying, if you're doing Docker through like AWS, AWS has ways to say when you spin up a new Docker. Here's your environment variables, and like our Discord said, so does uh, what one pass, one password has My, ways of managing I was that. Michael Dorinda, who we talked about earlier, friend of the show, Discord, friend of the you're show. not bringing and, that up uh, enough. It bothers me. He uh, he just posted a link in here, which I, we haven't read yet, so we need to to read it. But it looks uh, interesting about uh, from a, a one password blog post saying go ahead delete your .env .example file so it does say .env .example I don't know why it says that again haven't read the article but uh, we'll give that a read like I said bad solution to an unsolved problem 
So, anything else you want to talk about in this release? Because I have one, one more thing I want to touch on. I, you know, I'll pass it to you. The rest of the stuff I, I can wait till next week. Uh, so, the one thing I'm not seeing in here, and I don't know if I missed it, maybe it was already released, or, or maybe it just hasn't been released yet, is uh, in in Laracon Online, and I talked about this last week, Taylor talked about basically Laravo coming with a UUID trait for models. We did discuss uh, that last week. And I don't, I thought, I thought that might've been coming out. I thought I saw somebody say it, it was tagged for release and I don't know, maybe I missed it coming out or I thought maybe it would have, would have come out with this one, but I'm not oh. seeing it in this, in this article. So maybe this isn't a complete uh, list of anything that was released. Although it does look like it is. So that's the one thing I'm I'm waiting for is that because I like UIDs and use them a lot and it will be nice to have that. All right, that's it. I'm calling it. This horse is dead. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up. Episode 305 is in the books. I'm Eric. I'm John. I hurt so much. Keep Get it ugly. It one, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.